Good afternoon, everyone. It's Thursday, April 28th, and I'm Marianne Petrillo, CEO of West Business Development Center. And you are listening today to the new Normal Radio Hour. Two weeks ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing on air Sheila Simmons, Executive Director of the Noyo Center for Marine Science, and Brianna Zuber, Associate Professor of Biology at Mendocino College. They shared with us some insights into understanding what the blue economy is and how their work is one of the many activities happening right here on the Mendocino Coast today. We know that the creation of a marine science research center and the launch of a new curriculum focused on keeping our oceans healthy and vibrant will have a profound and positive impact on our region and the state of California. But none of this work comes easy or just happens. Whenever you, wherever you reside, you know centers, trails, parks, events that you have come to enjoy. You may even take them for granted that they've always been there. Well, the reality is so much of the places that give us joy were begun by a dedicated group of folks who had a vision and then worked really, really hard to make that vision a reality. It's said that a rising tide lifts all boats. And that's a good way to think about the blue economy coming to Fort Bragg in May. Today, I'm honored to have with me a few folks who have this vision for our county's place in the blue economy. And they're taking the steps to make it a reality. Before we begin this program, let me remind you that around 3.30, we'll open the phone lines for questions. So jot down this phone number, 707 895-2448. My guests today are Luke Gardner, California Sea Grant Extension Specialist and the presenting sponsor of the Blue Economy Symposium in Fort Bragg, Sarah McCormick, City of Fort Bragg Economic Development Specialist and brainchild of the Noyo Ocean Collective, and Anna Newman, brand new harbor master, of the Noyo Harbor District in Fort Bragg. I want to thank you all for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Happy to, to be here. You. Thank you. Pleasure to have you. So let's go ahead and um, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with Luke um, because I think, you know, C. Grant, uh, I'm sure that's a name that a lot of folks know about around the nation because it's, a, it's an amazing program that's been around for 50 years. But many people who might be listening today probably are not aware of your work. Can you kind of give an overview for the audience about Sea Grant and, and your role? Sure, Marianne, I'd be happy to. So California Sea Grant is a um, program where one of 34 different programs across the country. So all of the coastal states have a Sea Grant program, as well as the Great Lakes states. But in particular, California Sea Grant, it's a uh, unique partnership that unites the resources of the federal government, the state of California and universities across the state to create knowledge, products and services that, that benefit the economy, the environment and, and, and the people of California. Um, in particular, some of the things that we, we help to do is kind of identify important and emerging coastal and marine issues and support research extension and outreach efforts to these issues. Um, we kind of strive to, to better natural and, and social scientific information to, to promote this sustainable use of coastal and marine resources. Um, effectively, one of the main things that we do, 
We also give out money to, to understand these things. But like I just mentioned, we have an extension program, which helps to kind of join the dots on some of this research. But what we try and um, try and be is, as, as much as possible is, is a neutral broker of, of scientific information. And so that's what's kind of brought us to, um, to Fort Bragg and working with uh, Sarah with the um, Blue Economy Symposium. Yeah, that's great. We're going to talk a little bit more and go in depth about the symposium itself. And and your role, do you do you teach people? Is your program director? Like, what, what's the kind of work that you do? Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm an extension specialist. So within California Sea Grant, there is probably about 10 to 15 of us, and we're dotted all up and down the coast at various different host organizations or institutions. So... I'm here in Monterey Bay, but my programming covers um, anything to do with aquaculture, whether it be policy, education, research, extension, um, all up and down the coast. But yeah, so my job is kind of to join the dots, you know, to, to help the, um, the stakeholders understand what the, the research community is capable and when, what, what the science is doing, but also to help the, the academics and the scientists understand what maybe some of the issues are amongst our, our stakeholders and, and what, what they need. So I'm, I'm kind of a, a go-between, a, a conduit. Great, great. Well, Anna, you are uh, relatively new to your position and, uh, and quite close to the water there at the uh, Noyo uh, Harbor. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, how, I'm always curious, you know, how people landed in the careers that they're at. And, and I, I think you've had a, a very interesting journey to the to this position. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on for you? Yeah, so I started this position in September of 2021, and I had just finished my master's in fisheries policy and wildlife through Oregon State, and they have this great online program, which allowed me to live and be a part of the Noyo Harbor community while completing my master's. I've done every down and dirty job in this harbor from packing hagfish to cleaning urchins, I was a deckhand on a crab and black cod boat, and then I filleted a ton of the catch that went through Princess Seafood and worked with um, Heather Sears and Wendy Holloway for a number of years in that business. So it all kind of came together at the right moment in time. That's great. Yeah, timing is everything, isn't it, in some of these careers? You know, you do all these different jobs and then suddenly find yourself now pulling it all together. I'm going to come back to you because I want to talk a lot about the community sustainability plan and what's going on in the harbor. Um, but let's, uh, let's get to Sarah here, who's, you know, kind of pulled all the strings and pulled everybody together. Uh, you know, I know that you're, it's specifically working with the city of Fort Bragg, Sarah, but how did, how did the Noyo Ocean Collective sort of come into fruition? <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Um, I don't know how far back to go, but the, I guess when COVID happened and everybody, you know, sheltered at home and stayed in place, and there was a moment here in Fort Bragg where most of the city's general fund is financed with transit occupancy tax from the lodgings, and the lodgings were closed, and it was just that full frontal, that facing the fact that, wow, we really have become a tourist community, and if we're really vulnerable, and we need to figure out how to diversify our economy. And that started the journey. The federal government gave some um, CARES Act relief funds, and we use those to hire a consultant that I was working that I've worked with for the past year or so. And we put together all of our assets and really started tuning in to emerging opportunities within the blue economy. Of course, 
Anna already knows the blue economy has been going and going for, for many years with a lot of traditional, you know, fisheries and cargo ships and, you know, recreation and all kinds of things. Um, but when I, when I reached out to some of our other coastal cities, like the Port of San Diego and up in Humboldt Bay, I started realizing there was a whole nother industry. There was a bunch of other industries that were coming out to address climate change, to look at healthy marine ecosystems, to secure our seafood, aquaculture, healthy, sustainable fisheries. And it really inspired me to just keep after that, keep after that track. Um, Luke is very humble when he said with his job description, um, I literally called him knowing nothing and asked him if he would help. And he's been meeting with me on a regular basis for the past nine months, along with his colleague, Kevin. And, um, you know, it's really been from the beginning, a collaborative conversation. And it made a lot of sense knowing the economic development doesn't happen in a bubble to bring in as many of our stakeholders and regional community organizations um, into the conversation that we could. So we've been meeting on a regular basis. Um, we called ourselves the Noyo Ocean Collective just to kind of coalesce around a, a specific identity. Um, but we're the city of Fort Bragg, the Noyo Harbor District, Sherwood Valley Band of Homo, uh, Mendocino College, Noyo Center for Marine Science, and most recently, West Development Center. So um, together, we're working on this learning festival component, which I'm sure we'll get into. And hopefully, we will continue this conversation, and this will be the first event of many. Yes, absolutely. And, and West is very happy to be a part of this because... It, it really is interesting, and I think uh, I'm glad that you brought up the COVID aspect because that is one of the things that I think has uh, we're seeing this all over the state, but especially in our rural region, we've all had to like sit up and rethink about what the economy is and how we can make it much more sustainable and resilient. Um, and so I think Fort Bragg is doing an admirable job, really working towards that. Um, and Luke, I'm going to come back to you because, you know, and as, as uh, Sarah said, I think you're, you're working to educate all of us a little bit more, you know, not only about the ocean life, but about how it really can have a positive impact. Can you have examples of like where maybe you've seen this happen in other communities or other things? Uh, Sarah referenced, you know, San Diego and Humboldt and other places, just to give the audience some context. Yeah, so... Aquaculture generally has a pretty broad definition, um, and so consequently, a lot of different things can fall under it. But effectively, it's just enhancing the the, the growth of of some sort of like aquatic organism, and and you know usually having some sort of kind of like ownership over it. And that's kind of how it diverges a little bit from from fisheries. But under that that guise, aquaculture is definitely having a lot more interest lately because there's some. Um, potential intrinsic benefits to certain kinds of aquaculture for, for the environment. And so my, my main programming, what I'm trying to do is find ways to kind of supplement our, um, our, our seafood. So that's not to replace anything, but to kind of add to it. There's, there's no doubt that projections for, for the future is that we will need more seafood and, and we need to be able to um, provide it. So, but in doing that, we want to be careful that, you know, we're adding to, you know, environmental problems that we've, we've already got. And so that's why I, I try and join the dots with aquaculture between, um, you know, having, 
having net positive benefits to the environment, but also having um, you know economic benefits. I the, the way I see it, if, if there's some way that um, you know people can can improve their their economic stance as well as um, uh, do something good for the environment, that's a that's a win win. And so yeah, there are some some examples of aquaculture doing this. So people are considering oysters. Um, you know, outside of like what we all love to do is is eat the oysters. They they also have these um, these benefits in that they they can um, they can filter the water. So a lot of people don't know that you know a single oyster can filter up to fifty gallons of water in a day. So if you have a lot of oysters out there, they can take a lot of the particulates out of the water and and kind of clean up the water and reduce these things that we have like harmful algal blooms and and whatnot. And then you've got seaweeds. You know, people talking about growing seaweeds. So there's potential for carbon sequestration there. There's also these other potential of like growing seaweed provides habitat, particularly in the north coast where we don't have a lot of seaweed at the moment. Um, so you can provide habitat. But there's also some research looking at um, coastal resilience and the idea of seaweed and seaweed aquaculture being used to, to dampen um, wave energy and, and things like that. So, yeah, people are really starting to look at aquaculture beyond the traditional um, the viewpoint of you know, growing some food and selling it to make some money. Um, that's that's certainly a big component of it, but people are trying to look at all these other ecosystem benefits associated with it. And now Fort Bragg, of course, is just getting started on this. Um, have you seen, uh, you know, this type of work being done in other places up and down the coast uh, of California? Yeah, so... Um, there's, there's a bunch of uh, different institutions uh, up and down the coast very interested in the research and trying to, like, work out what some of these ecosystem uh, benefits are. But, you know, if we would just start with the basics of um, uh, species restoration. So there's white abalone. White abalone is one of our endangered marine in, invertebrates, um, and it's it's really struggling. They, uh, you know, some people say that there's more in captivity right now than there are in the wild. But that's, that's happening in, at, you know, there's a, a captive um, breeding program in uh, Bodega Marine Labs. And so there they're producing a, a bunch of white abalone with the express purpose of then putting them out into the wild to try and um, restore the populations. Similarly, down here in um, Monterey Bay, we're working with um, Elkhorn Slough and generating Olympia oysters to, to put them back out into the environment to um, kind of like the population the, the populations have been down for a long time from um, a variety of reasons but yeah those are all examples of aquaculture for um, specific species uh, species conservation fascinating amazing and Anna with the work that you're doing at the at the harbor uh, I'm sure some of the work that Luke is talking about too is part of maybe the community sustainability plan is that you know can you talk a little bit about that because I know the the harbor did work on that, uh, what was it, 2019? Yeah, so... Give us some insights on how that's a roadmap for you. Yeah, about 2018-19, the harbor came out with a community sustainability plan. And while we don't name aquaculture as one of the 11 projects that we're going to take on, everything that an aquaculture, you know, a potential new facility could need are listed in some of our projects. So fuel docks, ice houses, fish processing plants, better road access, kind of that base infrastructure to grow any community or any industry, whether it be aquaculture based or even more traditional style fisheries is really what the harbor is trying to tackle. 
Um, our mooring basin, the majority of the basin is original structure. So it was built in 1950 in time and saltwater takes a toll on wood docks. And, you know, we have a lot of steel and metal. So a mooring basin redevelopment is going to give us a stronger platform to start hosting kind of more economy that comes in and set ourselves up on a bit of a better playing field. So as I've said, you know, we don't really target aquaculture specifically. All of it ties together. Definitely. Talk a little bit more about, because I don't think, I mean, I know when we met in our, in our pre-interview, you know, you talked about a little bit about the history and, and the real big needs for change to come, you know, infrastructure change to come to the harbor. Um, could you give us a little background or restate some of the things that you shared with me about, about the harbor and about, you know, the, I mean, it takes a lot to really redo this and it's going to be so rewarding to the community. Yeah, I mean, every time I talk to someone around Fort Bragg and I say, oh, I'm the new harbor master. They always have a dad, an uncle, a brother, a cousin who is a fisherman, was a fisherman. Our community's roots seem so ingrained into fishing, but unfortunately our harbor has been not able to keep up with the times as much. We are a public entity, so we're a special district. And as time has progressed, we've lost fish processing plants as fisheries have kind of slid down the wayside. We've also lost big ice house facilities and fuel docks. So a lot of our plan moving forward is to redevelop this basic infrastructure. And this community's roots are in fishing. I mean, I think in the heyday of salmon, boats were tied four or five deep all the way down the river. And it was certainly wonderful year last year for salmon. We did see a lot of boats in town, but for the most part, we don't see that infrastructure anymore or that money pouring in. So how do we as a Harbor district that doesn't necessarily have extremely robust fisheries anymore, keep what fisheries we do have and be the backbone. How do we support our fishermen in the best way possible? And are there things coming up, Sarah, between what Anna is talking about here and sort of some of the awareness that you want to create at the symposium um, is, is around that, is around that need? Yeah, so the first the first day of this so the whole idea of this symposium really is to bring people together and receive information. <laughs> we aren't it doesn't have anything really prescriptive about it. Um, the first day of the symposium, its main focus is on city and harbor infrastructure needs and discussions with the commercial and recreational fishers and all the associated businesses and entrepreneurs that are down in the harbor to set the stage of where the conversation is taking place. So um, we, the city has hired a consultant team to look at the design concepts and to develop some cost estimates for what it would take to establish a municipal ocean water infrastructure from the mill site. And in doing, they're gonna be presenting those findings and kind of offering all that information out to folks. Um, the idea for that ocean in, intake is to fill the aquariums of the Noyo Center for Marine Science 
to allow the research that they want to do to happen, to work with the team um, at Urchinomics that they're wanting to work with to do, uh, to raise urchin, and also to create opportunities for other folks to be able to lease that water in ranch abalone or grow seaweed, or hopefully we can get broadband here and people can work on in some of the more technological aspects that are coming out of this industry. So yeah, I would imagine, too, um, for Anna and for the harbor, you know, getting people more involved in what the harbor brings, the, the, not only the cultural background, but just how uh, beneficial it is to the whole community is going to be really important to convey that. I mean, I, I would imagine, Anna, is that true to, to, in order to reach your sustainability plans uh, and goals? Most definitely. Yeah. We had a we had a meeting yesterday. Um, the Coastal Commission and the Coastal Conservancy brought together local jurisdictions and NGOs and special districts like the Harbor together to learn about some of the funding investments that are coming through the state at this time. And it was really exciting to listen to it and to hear about you know start drawing the connections of how we could work together to build projects that are addressing harbor needs and you know mill site needs and how we all can work together um, with the Noyo Center. It's, it was, a, it was a, I don't know, Anna, I thought I got pretty excited yesterday at that meeting. I was like, we should all get together and figure out how to put together a joint proposal on something. Yeah, the idea that the harbor and the city are two entities, we have to work together. Like we are our own special district and the city is a city. And then we also have to work within the county but we really can, you know, a rising tide will raise all boats here. And if we can work together on one big plan that's going to look at sea level rise or the effects of tsunami hazards throughout the harbor and, you know, how that's going to affect the coastlines and the harbor and the infrastructure, it's people's businesses and livelihoods in more than one location. So really coordinating this as a group, I think is going to be critical. And even bringing in folks like Luke who understand the research behind it. So we're not flying blind. We're flying really well navigated waters, airspace. I like it. <laughs> Lots of water metaphors here. I, I think we should just use them all. You should just have a running list, Sarah, of how many metaphors around water will be used. <laughs> Um, Luke, on, in terms of the research that uh, Anna's referring to, you know, um, what what do you see for small harbors like this, and what are some of the the challenges that they face, especially from climate change um, that that we're we're all now experiencing in different ways? Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of the work, yeah, goes on sea level rise, and then you know the effects of tsunamis and things like that. They can have you know what detrimental effects on, on the harbours. But, otherwise, you know, Sea Grant certainly is working, and a lot of the Sea Grants are working on this, on the revitalising the working waterfronts. And, you know, Anna, Anna touched on this. Um, every time we, we talk to a fisherman, they, they always want an ice plant. And, you know, these things aren't aren't cheap to, to have or to run. But as, you know, fisheries has kind of declined over certain times, these infrastructures have gone away. So finding ways to like revitalize these working waterfront communities is is a, a big focus of um, California Sea Grant and and the other Sea Grants nationwide. And so shared infrastructure; these are the things that we 
we'd really like to, to work together and, and look and to see, you know, what, what makes sense. If, if we're, does a new ice plant make sense? If so, what size? Who would, who would look after it? Those kinds of things. Those are, those are really, really important and, and useful um, discussions to have. And as Sarah was saying, you know, this, this symposium, it'll, it'll help start that conversation. It's not meant to be prescriptive. It's meant to introduce different kind of concepts and give people a flavor of, of what it's all about so that they can be you know, a little bit more informed and, and, you know, really join, join the discussion. But yeah, that's certainly a passion of mine is finding opportunities for, for working waterfronts and the revitalization. Like a, a great example of this is um, it's, it's a project and it's, it's definitely not done yet, but the Port of Ventura, they were having problems with uh, silting up, you know, they're a man-made port and basically unless they get dredged with regularity the port just fills up completely and and boats can't pass through it anymore the way they do dredge is um with uh, contracts from the, the federal government with the u.s army corps of engineers but they can only get funding to do it if they can show a certain amount of economic development within the port and so they came up with an idea to try and like uh keep that going keep the the funding going by by increasing their landings and they they embarked on a um a project with aquaculture and so what they wanted to do was see about setting up a uh, kind of a um a large umbrella permit to do uh, mussel aquaculture just outside of the port um such that they would deal with the permitting um and then they would then sub sometimes lease out smaller plots to would be farmers those farmers would then be required to land their product at the port and they, the port would then show an increase in economic activity, which would be the benefit of everyone using the, the port. So that's kind of like a, a, a good kind of low-hanging fruit example of, um, you know, shared resources and, you know, the, the desire to, to revitalise these um, working waterfront communities. I often think about um, new innovations, or in general people think about new innovations as being like new technology or a new way of, you know, delivering x y and z but i think a lot of what you're all of you are talking about is the the new innovation is how we all collaborate together and how we all start to work together and how we all start to like piece together what each one organization does and how it connects to the other for the overall game that will be positive for the community yeah certainly i mean that's a big part of sea grant is right it's just not necessarily to come up with something brand new, but to like take what's out there and, and apply it. Um, and so sometimes that's just a matter of like telling people about it. You know? Turns out not all of us know everything in the world. So really, really helpful. I know it's, it's really helpful when, um, when we, we do kind of like, oh, this person knows about that. And that person knows about this, put them together and see if we can come up with a, um, with, with a solution without having to kind of, Totally, totally reinvent things, but that's not to discourage people from coming up with brand new inventions and, and concepts. Um, you know, certainly a lot of our research goes to that. But yeah, sometimes it's just as simple of you know applying with what what we already have to to solve solve a problem that we're facing right now. Uh, Anna, you are um, engaged in a couple of new projects. I understand the fish market. Um, down at the harbor. So the harbor is, you know, quite a fun, it's always been a fun place to go. <laughs> and, um, uh, but I think you're, you're, you're exploring some new, new ways to get more of the community even involved. Do you want to talk about the fish market a little bit? Is that what it's called? Yeah, sure. So 
Um, I mean, as I said in my intro, I used to work for Princess Seafood and way back in the day before there was that beautiful storefront, we actually sold fish off of our boat and it was a great way for the community to get fresh fish from a local fisherman and they really got to connect with their seafood. And I just kind of wanted to bring back that idea. I often would see signs all over town that says Lincot on G-Doc or, you know, rockfish on K or whatnot. But then the community never seemed to get where G and K-Doc are and how do I get to South Harbor? So I thought, well, let's just have these bigger events. We'll bring in other vendors. We're trying to get hot food and live music. And there's all sorts of great local uh, craft vendors and artisans that are coming out to sell in Greater Park, which is where the world's largest salmon barbecue is hosted. Um, And then all the boats can line up on G-Dock, or sorry, B-Dock, right there off. And the people get to meet the fishermen. They get to reconnect with their food. They get to get a fresh, great local product. And it also allows the fishermen to sell their catches at a bit higher of a rate. So when you sell to a fish buyer, usually they buy everything in bulk. So they don't want to buy at a retail price. It kind of makes sense. So if they come out for the day, they have an opportunity to sell that catch at a more of a retail level. They do have to get special licenses to do so. But it really is an opportunity for them to raise their catches value to meet people. So maybe they do have a great salmon season and they've started some sort of email list and they can email out to their new friends. Hey, fresh fish, you know where I am now, you know who I am. And just reintroducing our community like I just keep trying to do to our fishermen again. Like, let's find our roots. It's, it's, a, it's a great idea. And, you know, I think Princess Seafood has done a remarkable job of, you know, just all of their things are very innovative, creative. They make everybody smile. They're, they're a destination. I'm sure this fish market will, will turn into that. Uh, you've only just launched it. I think you just had one or two, I think. Yeah, I've just had one. The next one will be May 21st, which is also Blue Economy's Learning Symposium events. So we're hoping to really kind of piggyback off of the Blue Economy's Learning Symposium and highlight to show the rest of the state and stakeholders that may be in town that, you know, our little fleet can be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And um, what, um, what time, what's the hours that it's running? It runs 10 to 2, and for the most part, we're the second Saturday of every month, and you can find all of the dates on our website, noyoharbordistrict.org. Great. And are you still looking for vendors or people to participate? And if so, how do they reach you? Through the website? or? Yep, through the website has all my contact information, and I'm always open to new vendors. I would love to get vegetable vendors down here. It would be so cool to get your whole fish taco dinner from local so local fishermen local produce all of that good stuff our community has so much to offer so let's just give them the space to do so sounds 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 terrific and sounds very exciting so i'm sure i'm sure it's going to catch on like wildfire so careful what you wish for (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'm going to have a brief intermission uh, if you're just tuning in, I'm Marianne Petrillo, CEO of West Business Development Center, and you're listening to the New Normal Radio Hour. Our topic today is the Blue Economy Symposium, which will be in Fort Bragg from May 19th to the 22nd. And our guests today are, is Luke Gardner, California Sea Grant Extension Specialist, Sarah McCormick, Economic Development with the City of Fort Bragg, 
and Anna Newman, Harbor Master of the Noyo Harbor District. If you would like to ask a question of any of our guests about the symposium or the blue economy, please feel free to call our line right now at 707-895-2448. Okay, um, Sarah, let's come back to you and let's go deep into the symposium. What, why, why should everybody come? Tell us, tell us what's the lineup and what kind of things will be talked about and how people can tune in to it. Thank you. So we're, it's basically two events in one. We kind of, we put in together a symposium. The idea of the symposium, as I mentioned, was just to bring, bring together all of our local, state, and federal leaders, decision makers, policy makers, regulators, experts, bring them all together to share information and receive information. Um, we're doing it in town hall. The seating is limited in town hall. So we are going to be, we're just doing attendees only in person. However, we're going to be streaming it live and archiving the footage, as well as having a public um, community watching session. Right now, the as you know, Marianne, because it's at your location downtown at West Business Development Center, we're going to be showing it live so that people can um, experience together, experience it together and talk. We're also doing outreach to the schools and sharing all of the agenda and speakers with them so that, that hopefully they'll be able to stream some of these conversations directly into the classrooms and build curriculum and conversation around the presenters. Uh, I already kind of told you a little bit about this, the first day and the second day is going to feature um, mostly a a aquaculture conversation. We're going to be looking at it broadly throughout California and then focusing in on both the conservation aquaculture and the commercial aquaculture aspects. Um, the Learning Festival is a community-oriented citywide event. It will take place on Saturday and Sunday and probably everybody listening knows somebody that's helping to Pull this off because it has been a huge effort from a lot of local organizations. Just to list a few, we have um, the art explorers are doing an, an opening of an artist reception. The Noyo Harbor, the Noyo Center for Marine Science will be doing a ribbon cutting at their new location down in Noyo Harbor. We have Mendocino Land Trust leading a Hare Creek Beach stewardship cleanup. Anna mentioned the market. We have uh, the SOBs, seniors on bikes, are going to be offering to take people out with them to ride the bikes down to um, 10 mile and make stops along the other learning festival opportunities along the way. The Audubon Society is setting up stations along the coastal trails so that people can stop by and look through the telescopes and learn about some of the cormorant crookeries and different birds that we have here on the coast. Teresa Scholler is leading a native plant walk to learn about some of our plants here along the coastal bluffs. Trout Unlimited is giving a talk about coho salmon and the Pudding Creek watershed. Um, Sherwood Valley Band of Pomo is having a mini big time at the Coast College campus, and the Coast College campus itself is going to be doing an open house and really giving us all an opportunity to look at all of their specimen collections and through the microscopes and just have a really fun learning experience. 
We also have um, our, you know, Noya Center has two locations, one at the Discovery Center downtown and the other at the Crow's Nest out on the bluffs, and they have um, coordinated quite a few activities in those places. Um, oh, Adventist, Adventist Health, they are doing their coastal kickoff that weekend. It's funny because it's not so much blue economy, but it is. It's called the Blue Zone, and it's basically a discussion about how we can use principles of the blue zone in order to have healthier and longer lives. And so they're putting together a big tent at the end of Cypress Street and are gonna bring together a lot of different people around wellness and health, including this really cool program that the um, Mendocino Coast Humane Society does called Borrow a Buddy, which I didn't know about until this, which is just so cool because I would love to have a dog and I don't have a dog. And the idea that I could just go pick one up and cruise around with it for the day and kind of expose it to people and have fun uh, is, is pretty cool. A um, couple more just to get you guys really excited. Two more. We The Beachcomber is letting us use their fire pits and the Fort Bragg Historical Society and the Point Cabrillo Lighthouse is going to be helping um, do story time. So we're going to have all these old timers down there and new timers telling stories about the history of our area and sharing those stories with people. And we're asking amateur tele amateur stargazers to come out in force and park at the end of Cypress Street on Saturday evening and look at the stars together and, and just experience it. Okay, I lied. I have one more shout out. Like, I want to say thank you because Captain Tim at All Aboard Adventures, he donated four charter boats for school kids to go out and get on the ocean. And I just want to give him a big shout out because that was very generous of him. So. I, an amazing lineup. I think it's really, uh, I, I loved your enthusiasm and um, I'm I, I jotted down old timers at the lighthouse and light, fire pits at Beachcomber and uh, and uh, the boat rides. I mean, it's it's going to be a very exciting uh, time and weekend. So I hope uh, all all of our listeners come out to Fort Bragg to to benefit and and enjoy the coast and. Weather permitting, everything's going to go great. <laughs> Weather permitting, just bring your rain slickers because we're going right. it today. Exactly, it's you know it's the ocean for goodness sakes. <laughs> so that's that's wonderful. And um, as far as the symposium part, uh, really to you know, we at West are are offering up our office at three four five North Main North Franklin Street. Um, to have a watch party, essentially, we'll we'll have it all set up. So if you want to, if you can't get into the town hall and you want to see it and you want to be with other people, or you don't want to, you know, don't have internet connection where you are and like to participate, uh, it starts at one o'clock on Thursday, and it goes, I think, one to five on Thursday. Do I have that time right? Correct. Okay, great. Um, and then for more information, Sarah, where do you want people to go if they? want to learn more what's the url they should go to so you'll do the www dot and then it's visit fort bragg ca don't forget the ca visit fort bragg ca and if you just remember that much that's enough because you can hit the events tab on the top it'll take you to the events you'll see the blue economy symposium and learning festival and it has the full lineup of all of the speakers when they're talking when you can um, tune in and all of the learning festival activities. And don't forget the fish market down at Benoya Harbor. 
<laughs> that's the important one. Um, uh, getting back a little bit to the symposium and, and the work, I know that we will be on a panel along with the college and uh, the Ocean Marine Science Center talking specifically about, you know, the economic development aspects, uh, jobs. What, what would the jobs of tomorrow be like when we are fully launched as a, a marine research center? And uh, Luke and Anna, I, I actually want to invite both of you to speak on this. Uh, Luke, from the work that you're doing, of course, with Sea Grant, and Anna, from your own personal experience. But what are those kind of jobs that, that might be coming up and be available uh, to individuals? Yeah, I suppose the world is your oyster, pun intended. <laughs> There's, 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 there's lots of lots of different opportunities um, within aquaculture, and um, you know this is a this is a focus of Sea Grant as well. Um, it's it's not just a case of, of build it and they will come. There's also workforce development. Um, it's often often a complaint amongst uh, various aquaculture operators that they they can't find people that that are qualified. But you know we don't necessarily want to train people in a four year university degree for that especially if it doesn't take that. So there's a lot of um, lot of concepts around uh, you know, apprenticeships and, and those kinds of things to, to understand what the basics are and that you need. But, you know, some of these jobs, um, it, it runs again, but it can be from kind of like, you know, being, being part of a larger organisation for an aquaculture farm. Aquaculture farms often, you know, they, they require people to be doing something at all times of the day and, and manners. You're, you're looking after organisms. But it can also be, you know, much smaller kind of like mom and pop style um, operations. And so that's some of my desire is to open aquaculture up to these these smaller um, operations. So this symposium, will, it, in terms of aquaculture, it'll give, it'll give people a sense of the, the flavours of different type of aquaculture that we currently have in California and what we might have in the future. And so, you know, we touched on this a little bit, the idea of um, urchin ranching. Ancient ranching would be um, a, a great opportunity here to kind of join forces of the fishing community with the aquaculture community as well as the um, environmental com community. So here's here's some opportunities where we can really do this. Great. Well, thank you. And Anna, come back to you in a second because I think we have a caller. Um, go ahead. Caller. Well, caller, you're live on the air. Hi. Um, very interesting show and uh, possible great potential. Um, but there are, like, uh, three things I'm noticing that uh, seem to be missing in the conversation. Um, one of them is uh, kind of pre-soliciting and facilitating uh, concerns about the projects, uh, which to me should be very close to the starting place and, and you know, way before any kind of implementation or evangelism. Uh, one of the concerns that strikes me right off the bat is that nobody said anything about uh, the problems with the fish farms, uh, both the salmon farming in regular fish farms and then like the uh, at-sea salmon farms and all the terrible uh, side effects from those. And I'm thinking that there would be other people who might, who aren't in these uh, mm, quote-unquote stakeholder groups. There's a problem of them mm, not being considered stakeholders, the, the humblest, 
should be the probably first stakeholders. And then the other thing you mentioned uh, at one point, uh, conservation and I can't remember what followed that, but again, what was missing was... We lose her? It looks like we lost her. Okay, yeah, it sounded, the connection sounded a little uh, hesitant. Um, I'll, I'll but, start with that one, and then yeah. I'll switch over to Luke. So, um, at this point, like, a, we really aren't trying to be prescriptive at this time, or have any idea about what opportunities in the blue economy are going to fit for our community. This is an initial conversation that everybody, you know, I, it'd be great if everybody can tune in so that we can have it, and it's going to be the first of a series of conversations. What is what works for one community might not work for another. You know, Humboldt is able to do a lot of, you know, offshore wind farms because their bay can handle that kind of infrastructure and, and work with that. Um, they might have room for a giant land-based fin fish farm. You know, those realities aren't our realities. And so as a community, we just, need, we just wanted to try to explore what the possibilities are and see what fits for us. So the caller that called, please don't feel like any decisions have been made. They haven't. This is a very beginning of a conversation. When I mean stakeholders, I mean 25 people right now. Like this is this is it. The conversation is starting now and we're inviting everybody to participate in it. So I think the caller is back. So we might want to be able to finish that. So thank you, Sarah. That, that's a great response. Hello, caller. I think you're back. Okay. So, sorry, I got cut off. Anyway, the um, so knowing uh, that conservation. the environment is already the, is, is already uh, sick and dangerously sick, then um, restoration would need to be the foundation of sustainability and conservation. And any marketing, what generally for a healthy economy, then marketing comes out of the abundance, you know, if we sell what we need to not starve, then that's not good economy. And so out of, once we generate enough restoration um, to heal, then out of the abundance of health, which nature, if we do the restoration, our part of the restoration work, nature will come in with healthy abundance because that's what nature always wants to do. And when that abundance of health and healthy abundance comes, that's when the marketing could be uh, appropriately considered. So, yes, well, get you. people's concerns, the, the people that you're not considering stakeholders, okay, restoration. Think about the salmon. What is the difference between what, if you, what are you doing to not just to ameliorate, but to assure then what happens with the fish farms is not going to be happening here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Any additional comments? Yeah, I, can, I can address a few things. I mean, the restoration is, you know, this is a kind of a, a concept where, where people, you know, fall on two different sides of it. Some people are agnostic as to whether you um, make money as long as you're doing a good thing for the environment. And other people are like, well, no, the, the premise must be that you're doing a good thing for the environment. And if you happen to make money on it, fine. Um, 
the devil's in the details there. It's it's great to do restoration, but the question often often comes back to well, who's who's going to pay for it? Um, and so this is the advantage. If you can find some sort of economic stimulus to do it, then that's that's you know it, it's a free market. People will continue to do it and hopefully continue to have a, a benefit of the environment. But as Sarah said, um, as far as like concerns, yeah, aquaculture is is you know it, it's coming from a history of of early days, Cavalier operators, some environmental um, problems associated with it. But I would I would stress that aquaculture has come a long, long way since then. U.S. aquaculture has some of the most strictest um, environmental laws in in the in the world. Um, in fact, many countries now import U.S. aquaculture products because of the, the quality of it. So, uh, the other thing regarding the fish farms, um, you know, something that people should know is that we we can't commercially grow certainly salmon or um, any fish in open water in in California at this at this point. It's it's not not legally um allowed so whether that changes in the future or not so i don't know if we're going to be talking about fish farms in particular when it comes to land-based uh, aquaculture but certainly at this stage um seaweed and, and shellfish but once something is land-based there's a lot more opportunities to um to mitigate whatever the environmental problems um may be because once it's land-based it's all coming out of a pipe so you have control over it when it's in open water there's there's less control you have over it but Concerns around fish farms aren't particularly relevant right now because they're not actually legally allowed to happen in, in state waters. I think it's uh, interesting, Sarah, as you brought up at the beginning that, you know, this is the beginning. This is the beginning of this conversation for the community as a whole. And, uh, you know, putting together a symposium like this isn't an easy task. Um, so, and it's not the only one. It's not like one and done, like, oh, you're going to do this. And great, we've got all the answers, and now we're going to walk walk away. Um, uh, so I, I think that's really um, that's really important for everyone to understand that this really is um, the beginning of the conversation. Uh, Anna, any thoughts about yeah. it from a Harvard perspective? I mean, I think a lot of what we're hoping to achieve with bringing all these people together is so we can take people into different mindsets and creatively figure out that they were each other's missing puzzle piece so perhaps and i truly believe this that there can be a restorative aspect to an aquaculture product that makes money that provides jobs in this community but we just don't know who these two puzzle pieces are right now but maybe they meet over a cup of coffee in the blue some blue economy and the learning symposium and they find that they were just their little puzzle pieces that they didn't know each other and it certainly is that get-go and you know how do we then take these relationships and ideas and these puzzle pieces and build them into our community to really kind of bolster ourselves and build each other up it's the beginning of many many conversations that can approach between traditional fishermen and aquaculturists between can you know, conservationists and those who are usually in the traditionally consumptive marine fields. It's, we're paving new ways and it's going to be awkward and we're going to accidentally step on each other's toes. But I think we all have to just graciously understand that we want what's best for this community. Okay. Um, I think we do have another call in. Is that correct? Hello. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Yeah, uh, you have a question. Uh, 
know what I'd like to do. This is uh, Randy from uh, Casper in uh, Albion, and I'm a local lady that grew up here. And I used to bring apple pie and blackberry pie down to the fishermen, and I would exchange and get a salmon, and they would get a fresh blackberry pie or fresh fresh uh, uh, huckleberry pie or whatever, and we would exchange food, and we would uh, play ukulele, and the kids would have a, have a fun time. And it's a, just a continuation of building community. And you don't, there's not always money exchanged. You just have, have a good time, and uh, it's a picnic. You know, and I think that what we need what we need to do is remember a community and just keep it happening. And it's uh, I, I remember many many times I had five kids and I didn't always have money, but I could come down there with a with a blackberry pie or a fresh hot apple pie or a lemon meringue pie, and no matter what, I would always have a salmon to eat for dinner. And That's would great. All, we would all Thank have a good you. time, and so I think it's important to uh, and we build a fire. And we'd have our surf fish. We'd have surf fish and potato salad and coleslaw, and everybody bring their. It's a potluck. Everybody bring a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, and I think that's what one of the things that this symposium and the learning festival is going to bring about is going to reinvigorate that community and reinvigorate that kind of uh, attention to where everybody is. So I appreciate you bringing that observation uh, to us. I think the fish market that Anna's doing is one of the. Uh, new ways in which bringing different communities together. So um, I hope you're going to join us this that weekend. Yeah, well, of if if, 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 if everybody knows that it's it's uh, it's happening, it's there. It's always been there. People have been doing this. The uh, the fried bread, the big pot of beans. When I first moved up here, the Indians would have a big pot of a pot of uh, fried bread and and uh, baked beans. You know, just a, a big big just. A big potluck. Thank, thank you, caller. We're going to have to move thank on because you. we actually are coming to the end of our show now. So thank you for calling, though. Um, so we are actually coming close to the end. Um, I'd like to give each of you uh, an opportunity to, you know, talk a little bit more and final words about, you know, what you're looking forward to, what you're looking forward to uh, in the symposium and in the work that that you're doing. So let me go ahead and I'm going to start with Luke and then Anna and then Sarah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the symposium for kind of the, the, the reasons that Sarah brought up as well as the earlier caller. Um, this is the start of a conversation and I just want to make sure that everyone's kind of starting with, with, with the same information so that, that we're at a kind of a level playing field to understand what are the opportunities, what are the pitfalls and everything associated with that. So I'm really looking forward to exploring this because at least in terms of aquaculture, um, you know, it's, it's opportunities in a community like Fort Bragg could be, could be really great. You know, it's like Anna mentioned with, um, you know, the, the, the seafood market, we just, we need to give people a place to do these things. And that's one of the biggest hangups with aquaculture. It can be really, really expensive to, to get started with permits as well as infrastructure. Um, we have a lot of calls all the time. I, I have a lot of calls all the time, people wanting to do this. And, you know, being able to point them to a, a community with these kind of infrastructure and these opportunities would be um, really great. And so I'm looking forward to engaging with the Fort Bragg community on on what something like this could be. Um, Thank you. Thanks. Huh? I'm excited just to get the conversation going and to have a captive audience to tell my bad fish jokes to. Great. And coming to the fish market, it's going to be important. 
seeing the harbor. Sarah? Oh, wow. Closing um, words. I guess closing words. I'm not going to talk about what I'm looking forward to, but I just want to say express so much gratitude because, you know, I started off thinking to myself, what? You're going to try to do a four-day event? That's insanity. And then as time went on, it wasn't just me doing it. Everybody has chipped in and the amount of help, the amount of people that are coming here to share their expertise and their businesses and their passions to talk for 10 minutes in order to have the conversations and make the connection is just like extremely heartwarming. And I am just, I don't know. I just, it really is the community that's coming together right now. And it's exciting. Well, we want to thank you for being our cheerleader too and uh, getting the ball rolling. So we're greatly appreciative to all the work you've done. I want to thank today uh, these energetic and dedicated people, Luke Gardner with California Sea Grant, Sarah McCormick with the city of Fort Bragg, and Anna Newman, the harbor master at the Noyo Harbor District. The Blue Economy Symposium and Learning Center is the first of its kind in Mendocino County. So we hope you will all come to the coast and join us for these festivities. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So if you haven't been on the coast in a while, now that's the weekend to come. I'm Marianne Petrillo, CEO of West Business Development Center. We provide free business advising and training on all aspects of business development. So no matter what part of the entrepreneurial journey you may be on, you can get help from us at westcenter.org. It's been a delight to be your host today on the New Normal Radio Hour. You can find an archive of this show and all of our programming online at jukebox.kzyx.org or on our homepage at kzyx.org. Many thanks to engineer Eddie Howe tonight. Thank you all for joining us. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.